Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. But again, how wonderful it is, I think, as we begin this new year in worship to think about some of the pressures in life that we all face. And one of them that we face is the pressure of time. Doesn't matter whatever station of life, whatever season of life, we know the pressure of time. We live in a, in a world, it's too easy for us to always be on, always be connected, always be available. And sometimes what happens is that gets in the way uh, of the life that God wants us to live. I love Dr. Richard Swinson, was a medical do- is a medical doctor who has studied the pressures of modern society on the human body and our lives. And he said something very profound <clears throat> that I want to share with us. He said, the patients who come to my office never seem rested. For that matter, neither do most physicians. Many people I meet look haggard and worn out, often use descriptors of our society, include active, busy, driven, fatigued, tired, exhausted, weary, burned out, anxious, overloaded, or stressed. That's a great list, isn't it? But seldom do you hear our society described as well-rested. We are a tired generation. We have leisure, but little rest. The pace, the noise, the expectations, and the interruptions of modern life have not soothed the soul, nor brought refreshment to the burdened spirit. And we hear his words, and I think we would all agree that it's true. And the question is, will we be honest what to do with it? doesn't matter, again, whatever station, season of life, or how busy we are, we need to hear what God has to say to us, and it's the words of the anthem that we just heard. God wants for us to learn how to rest, and we find that in the word Sabbath that we are talking about this month, and we've been lifting up, and we understand how important Sabbath is when you read the very beginning of the Bible. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth on the first six days of creation. God is busy creating. Remember what God does on the seventh day? God rested. God created this world to be 24-6. That's how we live in connection with him. That's how we find our way and our insight and our purpose and our power. And the Sabbath given to us in the fourth commandment isn't just a law to help us be faithful. It's given to us because we need it. It's a guide. It helps us. It helps us find that insight and wisdom that can make life worth living because Sabbath and rest go hand in hand. And we see what it does for us in our scripture lesson for today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes and we're going to look at chapter 10, one verse today we're going to be dealing with. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Let's hear that again. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. I want us to know the book of Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature written by King Solomon. These are Proverbs. Their wisdom that show us how to live life. And notice this beautiful little nugget 
in 1010, Stephen Covey will pick up on in his classic book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Because you remember the seventh habit, which is sharpen your saw, Covey bases and restates this passage from Ecclesiastes. And so literally when we sharpen our saw, and when our saw is not dull, um, then we will find skill and success because we will learn how to rest. So remember what Covey says about the seventh habit. He says, think of a man out in the woods sawing down a tree, and he's working for all he's worth trying to get that tree down. He's been at it for five hours. He is sweating. He is groaning. He is tired, but he's given it all he has. And somebody walks up to him and says, hey, 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 buddy, why don't you take a break? Why don't you go take a break and sharpen your saw? Your work would be a whole lot easier. And the man replies, I, I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy sawing. I don't have time to sharpen my saw. Rest is sharpening our saw. And we need to know that that's true because sometimes we get confused. We think rest is just getting more sleep. That's one piece of it, but that in and of itself will not give us rest. I saw this when I first got to White's Chapel. I came in June of 1992. And before that time, I had been a student pastor. I was going to seminary. I was going through the ordination process. I got ordained an elder in June of 92. And then the next week came to Weiss Chapel. So I thought, you know, I've been busy with unusual circumstances. I need to honor Sabbath because I need to model that for the congregation. And the custom in that day, and it's still in many churches, is for the pastor to take Sabbath on Monday. So I thought, I'm going to set Monday aside for my Sabbath. So Monday would come, and I would take Jay and Chandler to school. My wife, Debbie, taught in South Fort Worth. And I would come home, and I'd be all by myself. And I would think, okay, this is my Sabbath day of rest. John, don't you think about that sermon next week. That's work. Don't you think about the church and what's going on. That's work. This is your day to give to the Lord and have Sabbath. You know what I ended up doing more times than not? Laying on the couch watching CNN with a low-grade headache, feeling lousy because I didn't know what to do. And so sometimes I'd be laying there and think, you know, it'd be good for me to take a walk. Now, I have to be honest with you, with the way I practiced Sabbath, um, I was unkempt that day. I didn't shave. I didn't shower. I looked pretty rough. And I was going to take a walk, and I have to be honest with you, still to this day, I pride myself on having the most tacky, awful sweatpants you could imagine. So I looked horrible, certainly not a pastor representing White's Chapel out in the community, but I would take a walk. And what is so funny, I heard this story later, what I did not know, at the end of our street, Shauna Fuller lived, our music director now, our director of worship. We didn't know each other. We had never met. And she saw this raggedy, pathetic-looking person walking down the street. She thought I was a dad out of work. And she said she would pray for me every time I walked by because she felt sorry for me. And I realized on those Sabbaths, I got a lot of sleep. And a lot of rest, but it didn't renew my soul. It didn't sharpen my saw. I felt, I felt more lousy after my day off than I did before my day off. So sleep doesn't equal rest. So how do we, how do we rest? Well, Covey talks about it in his book. 
on the, on the sharpening your saw chapter. And I love what he says. It's when we renew four areas of our life that we take seriously and we work at, we will discover God's kind of rest. The first is physical. Of course, we need to make sure we're getting enough sleep. We need to make sure we're eating healthy, to make sure that we're exercising, making sure that we are taking care of this temple that God gave us. But secondly, there's a spiritual component to rest. When we worship and have the rhythms of worship, we connect with God in a profound way. When we study scripture, when we pray, when we have quiet time with God, powerful things help happen that help us rest. The third is mental, and that is we need to turn the TV off. We need to turn our technology off and put our phones down and disconnect and find ways to mentally rest. Maybe it's reading a good book. Maybe it's listening to beautiful music. Maybe it's just taking a walk to clear our minds, but mentally help our brains relax. And then finally, socially. We want to rest. We need to spend time with good friends and laugh and share life together. And we need to spend time around a table. There is something holy and sacred about conversations around the dinner table. We need to do that. And so if we will develop and be aware of each of these four areas of our lives, what we will discover is God's rest. We will discover our souls being sharpened and insight and clarity that puts a bounce in our steps and gives us joy to live life. I love the story from American history. President Franklin Roosevelt, one that I have studied a lot, it was the beginning of World War II. And the United States faced some huge issues uh, as the war was going on, gigantic challenges, problems. There were mountains to move that seemed impossible and our nation was divided, almost 50-50 about what our role in world affairs should be. And so there was a great deal of conflict and people were upset with each other. And during this intense pressure packed time, Franklin Roosevelt decided to go fishing. He went fishing for 10 days and sat out with a few buddies on a boat and had time to think. He got away to rest, got away to sharpen his saw, and while he was fishing, he came up with the idea of lend-lease, which most historians will tell you was this ingenious, just very creative way, literally, to keep the Allies alive in the early days of the war. And how did it happen? Because he knew how important it was to rest and to sharpen his saw. The same thing for us when we rest we will find that God connection and God will reveal himself to us and we will discover that life we are called to live. Um, but, but I gotta tell you that <laughs> I feel like a complete hypocrite preaching the sermon because um, this is something that I really struggle with. Resting, and not, not just resting, but, but resting well. Sabbathing. Resting in such a way that it doesn't, it doesn't just make me less like the world, but resting in such a way that it makes me more like the Lord. Amen. Sabbathing. And, uh, and when we talk about it like that, whenever we, we frame Sabbath like that, I reckon that most of us, I reckon that all of us at some point in our lives, we've all heard this sermon before. 
We've all heard a sermon on Sabbath before. Typically a sermon on Sabbath. It's well-intentioned. I know because I've preached them. You preach. They're, they're, they're well-intentioned, but most of the time they're just kind of helpless. Maybe a little toothless. We've all heard this sermon before. We know what we're supposed to do. But actually doing it, that, that's something entirely different. And so maybe, maybe, maybe we need an approach to Sabbath that's entirely different. Maybe, maybe just for starters, maybe we need to begin our, our journey towards Sabbath. Maybe we need to begin our journey towards rest by confessing. And we need to start it by, by repenting, by repenting of our busyness. Maybe we need to start this journey by confessing, by repenting, by really getting honest with God and confessing how, how we have misused our time. Maybe we need to get really honest with God about how we've misused his time, this time that he's given us to steward. Because God still takes Sabbath really seriously. God... God gets jealous for us. God gets jealous of our time. God gets jealous for, for our attention. And, and again, it's not, it's not for, for his benefit. It's for ours. It's for you and it's for me and it's for, for all of creation for that matter. In fact, God takes Sabbath, God still takes Sabbath so seriously that back in the Old Testament, back in the Old Testament days, that was one of the major reasons. It was one of, one of the main reasons why the Israelites went into exile into Babylon. It was because they kept messing this up. It's because they kept violating the Sabbath day. And they suffered because of it. And the land suffered because of it. And so God needed to get their attention. God needed to break into all of their business. God needed to break into, into all of their busyness. And the really worrisome thing is, is don't we do the exact same thing? You and me, we, we work so hard. And we rest so little. And why? Just so we can keep playing the game? Just so we can, we can keep up appearances. Just so we feel valued and important and, and worthwhile. We work 29-8 in this, in this world that God created for 24-6. And, and in a world like that, in lives like that, let's be honest, Sabbath, Sabbath can sometimes feel like, like an imposition. Sabbath can, can, can sometimes feel, feel like a disruption. In fact, I, I was thinking of something. I remembered something this past week. I remembered something that I haven't thought about in, in years. It was something that happened back the first week of my last year of seminary. And I had to go over to the bursar's office. I had to go to the university bursar's office. And I needed to, to sign my, my financial aid package. I needed to sign some, some, some paperwork. And so earlier that afternoon, I had taken Carrie and Caleb out for lunch. Ford wasn't on the scene yet. That's how long ago this happened. Ford hadn't, hadn't come around. So we, took, we went out to lunch to Carrie and Caleb for lunch. And after lunch was over, we swung by the offices, swung by the, the financial aid offices. Um, and when we walked up to the building, I, I noticed the strangest thing. 
there was this long line of students that was stretching out under, it was stretching out from, from the building. So I, I walked in and I dropped Carrie off in the lobby. Carrie and Caleb just waited in the lobby. And, and I looked and these poor undergrads, there was this line coming out of the financial aid office and it went all the way down the hall, it went out the building and it wrapped all the way around. I promise you there were more than, than 500 undergrads that were out there. They had been waiting for so long. Surely they had been waiting. Some of them had been waiting over an hour. These poor undergrads. But luckily, luckily, there was this other line that was for grad students. So I just went over there into that line and I got lickety split. I was in and I took care of business. I signed my forms. And and as I was walking out, again, the craziest thing is I was walking out of the financial aid offices, the, the fire alarms started to go off. The fire alarms in, in, in the bursters office, I mean, it started, it just filled the stone corridor with the, that klaxon sound, that really irritating, that loud sound. And I felt so bad for all those undergrads. I felt so bad for all of those guys that had been there. They'd been waiting like all day. They'd been waiting so long. I felt really bad for those first few fellas that were there at the front of the line. Um, they'd been waiting, I don't know how long. They were next in line. And as soon as the alarms went off, they lost it. They had to exit. Everyone had to exit the building. Everyone had, had to leave. Those poor souls, they, they left the line. They left their place hard, hard, waited for a place. They, they left. So I was going out. I was going back to the, to the lobby to pick up my family. We're going to leave. And as soon as I got to the lobby, Carrie grabbed me and she said, we need to hurry. And, and I tried to calm her down. I was like, sweetheart, I, look, I'm sure, I'm sure there's not a fire in the building. And she said that she was sure too because it was Caleb. She told me that Caleb had wiggled out of his stroller and had gone over to the wall and had pulled down the alarm, evacuated that whole building. Sorry for those undergrads. Um, but, <laughs> but sometimes Sabbath can feel like that. A lot of times Sabbath can feel like that, like a complete disruption. Sabbath can feel like a disruption because it is. It's meant to be. Sabbath is meant to disrupt things. It's meant to upend things in, in the most beautiful way, in the most powerful way possible. That's why God takes it so seriously. And that's why we should take it seriously too. We need to repent. We need to repent uh, of our busyness. And, and while we're at it, we need to repent of our laziness too. Because Pastor John is right. Rest, Sabbath, it is not doing nothing. In fact, Sabbath, when properly done, Sabbath, that sort of rest, it takes a whole lot of work to do it. Um, just, just read the Bible. You'll see it's true. Just read the creation account and you'll see it's true. There, there we'll see God going around and God is creating, God is speaking, and the world spins into motion. The world comes to life. God speaks and the heavens and the earth are created. In those first six days, God speaks and birds take flight. And there's, there's light and there's darkness and there's sun and there's moon. And, and the fish populate the sea and animals and plants spring up on the earth. Those first six days, God speaks and creation is framed. And then God rests. On the seventh day, God rests. But I submit to us this morning that on that seventh day, God didn't do nothing. I submit to us that on that very first Sabbath, God actually created rest. Where on every other day, 
on all those first six days, God's creating multiple things. God's creating this and God's creating that. But on that seventh day, God creates only rest. He creates only that one thing. It takes God an entire day to create Sabbath, to create rest. It's, it's almost as if the Bible is saying, look, rest, Sabbath, it's going to be the hardest. It's going to be the most complicated thing that you ever try to produce, a, a sanctuary in time that allows your soul to catch up with your body. Sabbath. And then God blessed it. And he made it holy. He, he set it apart. Literally, it just means that God made that Sabbath day. It's, it's, it's different. It's supposed to be different. And that awareness, that, that truth, that word, I, I feel so convicted by it. Because I don't know if we, and more personally, I don't know if I have a single day of the week that's any different than, than all the rest. A day of, of singular purpose, a day of singular focus, a day of welcomed disruption where I just stop. And I do the hard work of letting God work. You see, that's the hard part. That's, that's the scary part. And like I said, I, I really struggle with this. And, and so this year I have asked Pastor John to, to be my accountability partner, to be my, my Sabbath accountability partner. And he has with relish accepted the duty uh, uh, to, to, to help me out. Uh, and, in fact, this past week it began. This past week, this opportunity came to us. It was this thing, it was this event that I really wanted to do. It was this thing I really wanted to go to. In fact, I was sitting down at my computer and I was putting it on my, my, my calendar. And, and as soon as I was putting it on my calendar, I got a text. I got a text from my Sabbath supervisor over here. And, and he said, no. He told me that I couldn't go. Because you see, Sabbath, to truly Sabbath, um, it means that we're going to have to learn to say no. We're going to have to learn to say no, maybe most especially to, to ourselves. Because Sabbath means sacrifice. I mean, sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to cost us something. Because sacrifices always do. Sacrifices always cost us something. But in the end, they're always worth it. We have to repent uh, of our laziness. We, we have to repent of our busyness. You see, that's the way we begin. That's the way we begin to actually sharpen our saws. Um, because I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I don't know. These, these days that Pastor John were, were describing, uh, these days whenever we're just kind of lounging around in, in, our, <laughs> in our sweatpants, and I've seen him in his sweatpants, and they really are special. Uh, uh, <laughs> Those days, and we've all had days like this, days when we're lounging around in our sweatpants and, and we're binge-watching our favorite shows and, and we're looking particularly, what was your word, unkempt? Unkempt, unwashed hair. And, and I, I'll do you one better. I'll be really honest with you. On, there have been times on days like that, there are sometimes I don't even brush my teeth. Sorry, Dr. Wright, if you're here, my dentist. Uh, um, I've already apologized to my wife. I mean, I'll do it before I go to bed, but someday I don't even brush my teeth. I think we've all had days like that, and, and I don't know. I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure that days like that, they don't make us any duller. 
But I can guarantee us that they certainly don't make us any sharper either. And that's the point of Sabbath. That's the point of rest. It's meant to sharpen us. It's meant to hone us. It's meant to refine us. It's meant to to perfect us. It's meant to sharpen our saw. It's meant to to sharpen our axe like, like King Solomon was talking about here in our scripture for this morning. And so how... How on earth do we do that? How do you actually sharpen an axe? I don't know. I've actually never done it before in my life. I've sharpened plenty of knives, but I've never sharpened an axe. And so I did, I did some research, and it looks like the skills are transferable. It looks like the principles are pretty much the same, axe to knife. But, but you know what? They're also kind of transferable, axe to knife to soul. There's some wisdom there. And so the experts say that the very first step, if you want to sharpen an actual ax, the very first step is you have to clean it. You have to clean the blade. And whenever it comes to our soul, we've already kind of talked about this. Confession. Repentance. Getting ourselves right before God. It's the only way, it's the only way that, that the door to, to rest, to real rest, will ever open to us. We have to be honest. We have to present ourselves to God. First, you have to clean it. Then secondly, you have to oil it. And I love this one. I love this one. Oil it because because in the the Bible, oil is always used for celebration. Our times of rest, our times of celebration, they need to include celebration. Our times of Sabbath need to include times of celebration. Time and space and margin for, for worship and praise and thanksgiving, it needs to include joy. A strong element of joy, space, and room for joy. In fact, I'm not sure if you saw it this past week. I'm sure a lot of us did. Uh, But news broke out of Tuscaloosa that that Nick Saban is retiring from the University of Alabama. Um, And so uh, I I texted Caleb, uh, Caleb, our older boy from, you know, pulling the fire alarm fame. Um, Caleb is now a junior at Auburn, of all places. And so I texted him a link to the article as soon as I saw it. And I said, hey, man, did you see this came out? And he texted back and said, of course, Dad, I've already seen this. In fact, the Auburn student body is already rolling Tumor's Corner because of it. Um, they were celebrating. And I hope, I sincerely hope, I pray that, that Coach Saban can receive this, can see this really as, really as a cool sort of affirmation. It's an affirmation of this legacy of success that he's, he's leaving. We've got to have room for joy. Sabbath opens our eyes to joy, to those moments of joy, to those unexpected joys, to those unexpected affirmations that are, are all around us. We have to oil it. Then after we've, we've oiled the blade, then it actually comes time to file it down, to, to, to grind it, which requires friction, which requires a little elbow grease, a little sweat, a little work. It's, it's not always going to be easy to, to, to do this, to grind it out. But what it's about, it's about finding the right angle, approaching rest with the right angle. It's about finding the right object. That right thing that, that'll, that'll take off, that'll take off the dull, that will grind off the dull and bring forth the sharp. Finding that thing. It's going to be different. It's going to be different for all of us. For some of us, for some of us, it's going to be a good Millard Fillmore biography. Amen. Ain't that right? Amen. That's right. Woo, preach it, right? 
Actually, who are you reading right now? James Garfield. James Garfield, brothers and sisters. Um, Y'all just get ready because you know we're going to hear some James Garfield stories here in the next month. Um, For some of us, it's going to be a good presidential biography. For others of us, it's going to be a work work by Beethoven. For others of us, it's going to be a good, long walk. Whatever it does for us, something that that engages us, something or someone who, who stretches us, who makes us better. Someone who makes us more like Jesus. It's like, it's like the Proverbs say, as iron sharpens iron, so does a person sharpen the presence of their, their friend. It's finding the right person. It's finding the right thing that sharpens us. And once we're done with that, very last step, finally, you flip it over and you do it to the other side. Got to pay attention to, to both sides. And as we're talking about our soul, what I think that means is that we have to pay attention to, to every side, to every dimension of our nature. Covey talks about it in those four, those four dimensions. The Bible talks about it as flesh and spirit, as head and heart. We need to be mindful. We need to be soulful about, about embracing, about stretching them, changing them, challenging them, sharpening them. Every piece, every side of us. Because let's be honest, all of us, we are prone to favoring one over the other. But God wants it all. Every single bit of us, 24, 7, 366. God calls us to be a 24, 6 sort of people, 24, 6 sort of followers. Resting and, and remembering and reconnecting. Reconnecting to him and reconnecting, reconnecting with each other, all, all for the glory and honor of his name. As we pray. Our God, we, um, we can scarce believe and yet we know that it's true that you love us with such an undying, unstoppable love. That we can scarce believe but we know that it's true that yes, Lord, you, you get jealous for us. And we don't understand how a God like you could love and want to spend time with, with people like us. We who are so fickle and petty so often. We who, who get it wrong so often. Lord, we confess. Lord, we confess that we've gotten so busy. Lord, we repent. Lord, we confess that we've gotten so lazy. Lord, we repent. Give us the, the power. Give us the will. Lord, give us the, the presence of the Spirit that would, that would truly help us to turn. To turn away from all that is easy, God. To turn to all that is good and all that is of you. Lord, come to us and stretch us and sharpen us. That we might know your love. God, that we might know your rest. That we might know that complete transformation that only the Spirit can work in us. And so, Lord, we pray, come to us and take us and change us. Lord, use us. For we offer you this prayer as we offer you our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.